When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your favourite of mine, Socky. The great Matty Johns. Morning Glory returns, by the way, tomorrow from 9am with Andrew Webster, Denon Kemp for the second last episode of the year. Matthew Johns, welcome to the run home with Joel and Sock. Hey, boys. I tell you, love the new intro music. Yeah, how good love is it? it? Very powerful. If you want to see just about the best, best thing possible in rock and roll, get on YouTube, right? Mm. When the Berlin Wall first came down, uh, a big concert was put on at, uh, just outside of Moscow. There was it's called the Monsters of Rock, and Metallica were the headline act. I think they expected about two hundred or three hundred thousand to turn up. It was just out on the outskirts of Moscow Airport. They were saying there was an estimation of close to two million people turned up. Now it's on YouTube. Have yeah, a look. Well. T- type in "Enter Sandman Moscow." It's the most amazing thing you'll ever see. You know what? We'll tweet it out. I've just got it here. Twelve million views it had. Uh, Metallica Monsters of Rock Moscow, nineteen ninety one. Yeah. It, yep. it, it is. Look at this, Socky. It is just absolutely yep. heaving. You've seen it's the doco, that, um, Maddie, haven't you? You've seen the some kind of monster. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, oh. Mm. Just show, mate, the, the, the amount of collateral damage when those bands like Metallica and Guns N' Roses went on the road, <laughs> just, you know, they knocked themselves for six. And, I mean, the... Um, the Usual Illusion one and two, one and two albums, which was Guns N' Roses again, I think it was 1992, uh, 91, 92, something like that. Uh, one of more mid 90s anyway. But uh, that double album that came out, they went on a tour that began, it was going to be about nine month tour, world tour. It just they just kept extending, and I think it almost went for two years by the end of it. And basically, by the end of the tour. The, the band and the individuals within it were just never the same again. Uh, their stories about, you know, they, it was the old Pulp Fiction thing. They were taking uh, adrenaline uh, adrenaline in uh, away for Slash when Slash was just giving himself a bit of a touch-up on the old uh, the old H uh, yeah. and uh, collapse and just bush through the house. Wow. It's heavy going. That's hey, rock and roll. That's, uh, so, actually, I, I, I see that. That was 91, Socky. 1990 is when Wind of Change Scorpions... And yeah. there was that conspiracy theory around that, Maddie, at the time. There's a really good podcast yeah. called Wind of Change. Uh, were you across yeah. that at the time? I'd, mate, I look, not at the time, of course, yeah. when the Scorpions had that song. But, yeah, I've heard the po- – listened to the podcast. Pretty amazing. Oh, look, look, I remember growing up and growing up, the major conspiracy growing up when I was a kid was that um, JFK was assassinated by CIA. Right, and if just want to become one of those things, that you just go, oh yeah, 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 and then of course, later on, I mean, Oliver Stone did the movie on it with Kevin Costner, and around that point, that it started to get like, hang on, we think this actually happened. So you, you know, these conspiracies that happen. Uh, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm no <laughs> Matty Rogers, <No>. right? <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, but sometimes some of them, some of them come to fruition. Well, tourists has got one at the moment. He, he's completely off his lemon spread about this. You reckon, tourists, that the Taylor Swift and Travis the Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is, is myth? All fake, yeah. all PR, yeah. all stunt. Nah. It'll never last. Wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, <laughs> Would not surprise me at all. 
Trisha's infatuated by it. Oh, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Taylor Swift, and uh, and I, I said, mate, I just reckon it's just been blown up. I, I don't I don't believe in it. Really? Oh, I think I think it's ironclad. I think it's got um, next. In fact, somebody made a good point. I I totally agree with this. I reckon that relationship is going to totally dismantle. Did you make that point, Socky? Uh, no, but I'll claim it. Yeah, oh, it'll, it's going to it's going to hijack the season of the Chiefs at yeah. some point. Wow. Well, I, I when I remember when Beckham was I in Wigan at that point. It might have been slightly after when when Victoria Beckham and uh, well Victoria mm-hmm. at the time from the Spice Girls and David Beckham started dating. The impact that that had on Manchester or the dressing room, yeah. or just but it, but I mean it wasn't her fault. It wasn't his fault. They were just in a relationship. But how it just sidetracked everything, and that that was really the core of the fallout between he and Alex Ferguson was the fact that Ferguson had yep. just set, felt that he'd lost control of the media and all everything that was coming out of Manchester United. And there was that famous thing where he went in at halftime, just after a game, disgusted, kicked uh, Beckham's predator boot and yeah. hit Be- Beckham in the head and split, split him. him over the eye. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end there. We've but it's it. funny, like, you get those old coaches, those old dictators, that everybody... All the players can't wait for them to leave, and almost like and but in Ferguson's case, and we've seen it many other times with those type of coaches. Whenever they leave, the club is never the same again, and that has been the case with Alex Ferguson. He just kept such a tight grip on that playing group. You know, when that all those young guys came through, and I think it might have been when Alan Hansen that said you can't win a title with just kids, and he went and did it. But he obviously kept such a tight hold on all those young blokes coming through. And they said that um, Alex Ferguson wouldn't let his young players wear coloured boots. They had to wear just the black boots yep. until they played something like 80 games. Well, Matty, it's almost like you've been tuning in and listening, which I expect you were. That's the only way you'd spend the afternoon listening to me and Sugar. <laughs> but we've been waxing lyrical about coaches. And Sugar's been all about success leaves tips or clues so we've seen that from the Man United coach. Very, very successful club. Wasn't the same. And we've been chatting about the Blues coach in the arena there. So we'll segue into a bit of footy. What's your yep. take on the lay of the land there in regards to, to football coaches? And do you agree with Sugar that those guys who are a little bit humble, backseat, a little bit maybe dictator in the change rooms, Bennett, him, Bellamy, yeah. Cleary, are they sort of a similar mould? Jack Gibson. Jack Gibson. Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's yeah. a similar personality. And, and those clubs who go after you know, flamboyant, extroverted type of players. I, I just don't know that that yeah. transfers. But anyway, Matty, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, they, all of them have a... It's funny, Morning Glory Jeopardy tomorrow. It's going to be the, the, the subject is going to be uh, great dictators of the world. Well, dictators <laughs> of the world. Great, great. dictators. It's an moron. <laughs> we go from... Uh, yeah, I know. We go from Joseph Stalin to Robert Mugabe to Brian Smith and oh. Phil Gould. So all, <laughs> we sort of chop and change around a little bit there. But you know what? Like, um, there's a really... There's a fine line. And I think it's great when a coach has got presence, right? Mm. Like a Bennett or a Bellamy, they don't need to exercise that power. They just got the respect straight away. That's really important. Um, and I and I reckon, like I, I've seen, I saw Bellamy coach when he first took over at Melbourne, um, and mate, he was hardcore. Mate, he he ruled them so when you know when they're doing fitness. Mate, he was you know, right up there, Clacker, telling him to push harder, and he was a very, very tough taskmaster. And I've seen him coach, you know, uh, two or three years ago, and it's just so vastly different. 
because boys like in those early years when he went there he was exercising his discipline he was showing those blokes what he was about now everybody knows he carries the big stick right he doesn't need to pull it out like it, it's just there and it's the same with Wayne you know Wayne creates great relationships with, with his players wherever he goes because mate they they just know his aura and they just know at the end of the day like he's a player's man but he carries a big stick and you know that 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 just carries carries a lot of currency for a coach. Hey, Matty, I, I just uh, I was saying the other day, and and I know it's a very sensitive topic, and you've got to be very careful how you position it. But I personally, I made the call that if I was coaching a club, and this is not just the Curry Knockout, this is any amateur game, this is playing rugby for a local club, this is mm. boxing in the off season. We're going to catch up with Jared Wallace a little bit later on. I personally would not let my players do it if they're playing and they've been allowed to do it. Good luck to them. Look, further to that, David Riccio has just posted this um, from the Daily Telegraph. Breaking news. The NRL Dragons face anxious wait. Fullback Tyrrell Sloan to meet with surgeons for injury suffered in Curry knockout last weekend. Full details in the Daily Telegraph. Um, I, I just think if, if you cop an 800,000 or 600,000 or 400,000 or more or less and you're full-time and, and they've fought so hard for the RLPA to have so many weeks off, Surely, as a club, you're in a position to go, boys, I, I get that. Go and coach a team at the Curry Knockout. Go and, you know, be in the corner of someone doing a boxing fight. But would you be letting your players do this sort of stuff? I would not let my players uh, do a boxing fight, but I would let my players play in the Curry Knockout. I think it's just so important uh, to the culture, mm. uh, for the culture of the Indigenous players, uh, the coming together. I, I watched the game. I watched it the, uh, the watching the Walgood boys win and just the celebrations. I, I, I would not stop my player doing that. I would have a yarn before him and say, hey, listen, if all of a sudden things start to get heavy and you know, there's a brawl or anything, I want you to stay a million miles away from it. But I, I, would, I would allow them to play. Okay, all right. Well, we disagree there, which is fine. Everyone's got their own opinions on that. The grand it's final. It's just that mine's right. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> probably is, Matty. My... Okay, here's another opinion. I, I believe. Yep. Uh, I believe that we witness the best game we've ever seen. Not just grand final game. When you've got the benchmark, the best team in many years, completing at ninety-seven percent. They had fifty-six percent of the ball. They've scored four tries and still nearly lose the game. Like. Have we seen a better game than that? Uh, the only ones I compare them to, right? I would go uh, nine. Uh, I would go nineteen ninety, second test, Australia versus Great Britain uh, at Ellen Road. I think it wasn't. Mm. It might have been at Old Trafford. The one where Mal scores at the at the last last couple of seconds. In my opinion, yep. Uh, that and the third State of Origin game yeah. of last year Ooh. are the two greatest games of rugby league of all time. The, the ones that I've ever seen, uh, that the the game we saw the other night, in my opinion, is the greatest grand final I've ever seen, um, and Nathan's the greatest clutch player I've seen. What 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 a in, yeah, that's a big statement and, and you know, wow. Yeah, he's he's the best I've seen because we've seen him like different times through last year and this year during Golden Point, kicking two-point field goals. He's just so... Or taking, sometimes even a vital part of the game, taking half a step back to make sure he's in inside the 40 and nail a 40-20. But the other night, like, it just shows you how good the Broncos were, boys, is that, you know, early in that game, like, uh, Penrith were perfect as far as com completions. 
on, on completions, other areas I thought they were poor. But their completions were tip-top. And regardless of if your attack's on or not, you know, the opposition have got to be working and making those tackles. And where Brisbane were making a lot of errors, uh, their uh, completions were right down. Yet, to be 24-6 up, and I, and I just think when I went back and had a look at the game, you know, that those early exchanges, that first 20, 25 minutes that was so it was so fast and furious, mm. mate, that took a lot out of those Broncos middles. And it didn't tell until I reckon, you know, with that about 15 to go where you start to see it just it just took a toll. But it was incredible. Yeah, I tell you the bloke right, and we'll talk about this tomorrow. The bloke who has not received the credit he deserves is Jack Cogger. Yeah. Because if you go back and watch the game, right, I Penrith at the back half of this year, and particularly their two finals performances uh, against uh, the Warriors and the other one against the Melbourne Storm, their, their attack, the way they got, they got their formation on was just perfect. They were machine-like, and it would allow Nathan to swing from one side to the other. It was just perfection. Mate, the other night, they just couldn't get it on. They, they were watching at points their attack. They, they look flustered at points. Hence the reason why they're nearly perfect in completions, have majority share possession, but only had eight points. Only scored one try, and it was such a fortuitous, bizarre try for Mitch Kenny. With all that possession, they, I'll tell you what happened, mate. When Cogger came on the field, go and have a look at it. What he, what he did, he took more control of the game. He took a little bit of that organisation away from Nathan, but crucially, he played really straight played, straightened them right up, and they fell into formation. Um, him coming on the field, and there's no knock on on, on, on Jerome, because Jerome's just a different style of player, but they needed Cogger out there, and Nathan needed him out there at the point. Yeah, well, I mentioned this Monday too. I, I totally agree, Matty, where I reckon Nathan's best ever 100 minutes of football had Cogger next to him. And, and Jerome, as you say, Jerome's a gun, and, and he's welcome in any side. He's such a great player, great energy, etc. Yeah. But hand-in-glove stuff, Nathan Cleary just not having ha- having probably more of a Robin to his Batman. Mm, I yeah. reckon that semi-final in week one, he's 80 minutes with Cogger, that last 20 minutes with Cogger. And by the way, mm. as you know, Bearshead, Bearshead's over in Bali, sending mm. through the Bali diaries, which we can't share, but um, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, he he's obviously had a few. I've checked the timestamp here, so it's late night, one of the nights, and he's done a bit of DM sliding to Jack Cogger. Congrats, brother. Brain them. And then uh, Jack Cogger's replied about an hour later. Cheers, Fletch. An appearance on the Run Home Show and a grand final ring all in the same week. Just doesn't get better. <laughs> Mate. And what, what, a, what a great young bloke, too. It, it was funny with Jack. Well, it's not funny. I mean, what it was with Jack. Jack when Jack was a young bloke up there, Jack Cogger, they were, he was always earmarked. He, he and, um, trying to think of a fella's name, the other bloke. Um, yeah, Brock Lamb. Uh, Brock Lamb. Yeah, they, they, they were coming through th- simultaneously, right? And they were saying, mate, you watch these two blokes, watch these two. And I, I watched particularly Jack closely. And, he, you know, he had that bit of sp- something special about him. Now, the, the problem with Jack, what happened at the time? He came through at a point in Newcastle where I thought the coaching was so bad. I'm talking about in the junior grades. Mm. They didn't actually, it was so overstructured that I watched all the young halves coming through. And they wouldn't watch the defence. Right, they wouldn't react. All it was was looking sideways and trying to put on this pre-orchestrated structure and it took all the imagination and in- instinctive football away from Jack. And 
and he just it looked like he was on the cusp of never fulfilling his potential. Went away to England, and you, boys, you see this all the time. Right, you know, way back to the great Gavin Miller. Sometimes players go to England and actually find them their best selves and come back different players. That was the case with Cogs, and got an opportunity at Penrith, and and just hanging in there. You know, the, you know the other the other night, you know, and how he's played this year at Penrith is the reward for him. Matty, can I ask, and I want to ask Sugar the same question because you two don't get along or disagree, so that's that's great radio. Oh, please, you know, yeah. Makes for great radio. Styles yeah, make no, fights, they yeah. reckon. Yeah. Um, so Lockie Lamb has been linked to a few clubs to come back, so has had a lot of success with the Lee Leopards halfback. Do you think, as a young half, going over and playing in over in England is a way of sort of a, a breeding ground um, for young halves to go over, learn their craft, and then come back. You've seen with Cogger, you've seen with Hastings yep. that these players have been able to go and do it. Do you think that might be an avenue for some players to go and learn their craft? I do, I do, Socky. I reckon, I don't know this for sure, but I'd reckon, mate, with a lot of you blokes, you get over, you know, a couple of seasons of county cricket over there. It's, it's a lower profile, it's a different style of cricket. Well, with, with the rugby league, with England, they go over there. It's it's far less pressure. Um, it's and I tell you what I reckon helped blokes like Hastings and Cogs. It's really quick over there. When when I was over there, I, I got shocked because you come from the NRL and you sort of puff your chest yet. So oh, I'm going to England now. Things are winding down. What really shocked me there was how quick the game was. At the t- at the time I was there, it was actually quicker than Australia because there was no there was less emphasis on defence and wrestle. And so what it does. If, if you're a, tr- a structured halfback, like a like a Hastings or, or like I was just saying about Cogger, you can't play that game over there. You've got to abandon a, a fair bit of that and you've just got to really just send them forward and make sure you're rolling forward and ready to play instinctive football. And if, you, if a player's got a good football education and go over there, then you learn the other part of the game and you do it in a low-pressure uh, environment, you come back a better player. Like I said before, like, the great Gavin Miller, who in my opinion is close to the greatest ball player of all time, was it, mate, he was a struggling centre in Australia, playing for West, bumped over, played a little bit with East, then went, ah, oh, bugger, I'm not going to make it here, went to Hull Kingston Rovers, came back two years later a genius. So it is, it, it is a good way, and it'd be very good for Lockie. Lockie, Lockie uh, Liam was, a, he's played at big clubs out here, like he was at the Roosters where there was always a lot of pressure. A lot sat on his shoulders, and I think he's gone over there and just found himself. Now, I'll leave with this, boys. You love your, your sayings, Socky boy, and, and Matty might enjoy this as well. Coach Prime, we're both familiar with Coach Prime. Dion Sanders, Dion Dion. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. yeah. He's coaching uh, some college. Colorado, yeah, yeah, over there in college. Uh, his young was... bloke's carving up as the, as yeah. the quarterback. Neon Dion. Neon Dion. And uh, he said this the other day about... <laughs> Uh, people saying, oh, he's off to a flying start and they should be signing you for 10 years. And what do you think about that, uh, Coach Prime? Here's what he said. That's a wonderful gesture. I love it. But I'm smart enough to know and old and wise enough to know that that can flip on you instantaneous. A fan only blows when you hot. My mama said that, <laughs> not me. So if y'all want to be mad, get mad at my mama, okay? The fan only blows when you're hot. Isn't that true? Oh, yeah. What a, what, a, what a player he was. Man, like... You know, like we said, like you see that 30 for 30. I remember it at the time when he was playing for the, uh, the 49ers, then he was going going and playing uh, uh, baseball overnight with yeah. Atlanta and it all that. But also when he, 
Well, yeah, that's incredible. And then, but even when he went to the Cowboys, with all those big personalities there, and and Jerry Jones, and he would play. Oftentimes in a game, he played both sides. He played wide receiver, then he played cornerback in defence, and was as good at both. Incredible player. Wow. What What was the one you you had this analogy that you you mentioned about fifteen times in two shows? What was that one? A good one, but I've forgotten. <laughs> Have you got it? I can't remember. <laughs> you what, can't remember it. What was it? Oh, was something it, about a hen the... house or something, or oh, the, the hay has been. Oh, it's something to do with the hay being picked. Was it the Gators one, the Florida one? Yes. The hay's in the barn. The hay's in the barn. So it's, oh, we're talking oh, about mate. Souths and yeah. how they, you know, bad habits. You know, yep. if they let them creep in, they become who you are. And everyone's like, oh, can Souths turn it around in the final couple of games and make the finals? And I said, look, I think the hay is in the barn. The bunnies have. You can't turn it around. It's already it's part of who they are now. They've they've got to go yeah. back and restructure what they're doing. So that, yeah. yeah, well that's what I mean. Jordan they used to say. Uh, remember reading Luke Longley's book, uh, running with the bulls. Where you interviewed the other day. Oh Luke yeah, Joel's Joel's new. Have you? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, did you mate, interview please. Luke Longley? Oh, Sugar, please, please. I haven't Incredible, heard about that. Mate. Let Matthew speak with him. <laughs> Incredible, mate. Yeah. He speaks very highly. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> you know he he played rugby league as a kid, I think. Luke Longley over in Western Australia. Anyway, that's by the by. But he said that uh, Michael Jordan would train that hard every practice and push everyone else because he used to say, boys, uh, it isn't a a switch you can just turn on and off. It's got to be the constant. It's got to be who you are. There you go. You maybe go. we get neon. Maybe we get neon Dion. Just thinking there to be our origin coach. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would, I'll tell there you what, go. that would work. Uh, have you got a tip for the origin coach before we go? Oh, I don't know. Everyone's pulling out. I went down to Centrelink the other day and I saw a nat on there. <laughs> it's on seek.com.au. Apply. Says a lot, don't it? People are falling over each yeah. other to be Queensland coach. Me and everyone's going, oh, please. Uh, okay, please step forward. And everyone Steve takes Bradley. a step back. You know what? Mad, you know, um, talk of match. Yeah. Um, so if they're not going to go, even if. You know, they're talking about oh, someone, you know, it's got to be someone who's not coaching. But you've got to have someone who's coach fit, right? And Madge is coaching New Zealand. At the moment, he's just an assistant coach. But one thing about Madge, Madge has put his hand, like, sort of put his hand up and signaled that he'd be keen. You just, I, I, me knowing Madge, Madge would already be in his brain knowing what players he'd pick and the style of football yep. he's going to play. That's yep. just how Madge is. You could do a lot worse than put Michael McGuire in charge. Maddie, any team that's got Tarpany... Um, Leota, Fisher-Harris, oh, yeah. uh, the list goes on. They can beat Australia. And if I was a New South yeah. Wales board, I'd be just kicking back, trying to buy some time. There's no rush for five or six yeah. weeks. And if he gets the job done, it is the perfect time to pull the trigger and say, you know what, he's just beaten yep. Australia. Uh, let's do it with match. That, that's what I would personally do. What a, what a team that New Zealand, yep. what a squad New Zealand has. My oath. Man, that's, and, mate, and as far as New South Wales, uh, Australia is concerned, I nearly fell over when there was no Edwards and no Ponga, and to a lesser extent, no Reese Walsh. When I named in the side, I thought, boy, we're going to have some fullbacks. These yeah. blokes you just can't leave out, particularly Edwards. I know. Like, so I, I look at Edwards, right, and you look at the style of football Edwards plays. I, I would, if, if you're not going to play Edwards at fullback, yeah, I'd stick him at 14. You can bring him on, mate. He's just got a great engine. He'll do whatever it takes. He's that sort of play. He's just a no-fuss. But, you know, the type of football a 13 plays, that running footwork and speed through the middle, that's that's exactly Dylan Edwards. Yeah. And, I, and I think as far as next year's concerned with Origin, is if, you know, if, if they're still going to stay with Tedesco at fullback, then 
in my opinion, I'd, I'd have Edwards at uh, I'd have Edwards at fourteen. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that at all. Good on you, Matty. Great mm-hmm. to chat, mate. And uh, tomorrow morning, morning glory will be tuning in. Good on you, boys. See yeah. you, Socky.